Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. Yes, sir. We are back. And uh, it's the end of the month, end of January. And uh, it's been a long month. January is always long. But now in the age of COVID, it seemed just that much longer. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're back uh, for another episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. And uh, I'm Wayne. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good seeing you, brother. Good hearing from you. Yep, and yep. we're about ready to go into uh, uh, Black History Month. Yep. Yep. Starting tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll have some um, exciting topics that we want to share with our audience uh, throughout the month, the uh, uh, four episodes that we'll have through the month. So that's going to be something to look forward to. So absolutely. Uh, we'll go from there. So. What do we got going for the uh, our audiences today, man? Wow, for tonight, uh, for the end of January, um, three memorials we want to talk about tonight. Uh, three um, well-known people passed uh, this week, so we want to talk about them. Uh, we want to briefly touch on the GameStop um, issue uh, that took place this past week, and then wrap up uh, with a bit of discussion about the real emphasis being on real, the real state of the union. And uh, uh, this is a topic that uh, popped into my head. I, I texted you earlier a week. I said this would be a good topic. And uh, so we, we're going to wrap up the show night talking about the real state of the union. So uh, that said, um, as I mentioned, uh, three prominent folks passed this week, and we'll just we'll just hit them one, two, three. And offer comments on each. Uh, the first person uh, that comes uh, up on the list uh, was, and I don't know if you follow this gentleman much, uh, since you say you, you're not in the hoops that much anymore. Uh, Mr. Seku Smith, he passed last week. He was an analyst on uh, NBA TV is where I, I saw him the most was on NBA TV, although he had a career uh, with Turner Sports and he was from the Atlanta area, so he had started his career in the Atlanta area uh, being a, a sports journalist. But I I started following him on NBA TV. So a uh, great analyst, uh, knew his business, knew the NBA inside and out. Uh, I saw some of the great interviews he did with some of the prominent players. Uh, but just a really nice guy, the kind of guy, you know, down to earth guy like, you know, you, you'd see a friend and you guys just you have you have hoops in common and you just sit around and start talking about hoops. Uh, mm-hmm. That That's the way he came across. And I, it shocked me when I heard that he had passed. I was actually watching a game on NBA TV and the scroll across the bottom said we, you know, the NBA family mourns the passing of Seku Smith. And I'm like, what the heck? And uh, I started seeing all the, you know, the, the, the comments coming in from around the league, uh, folks, you know, offering their condolences to his family and everything. And I'm like, wow, uh, 48 years old and uh, died from COVID complications. So uh, did you have any following with Mr. Smith? Again, you, you said you didn't follow hoops much, but are were you familiar with Seiko Smith? No, not really. Like, as I, as I mentioned, I, I really haven't followed much. Um basketball and all i just you know just gotten away from it yeah and yeah. so other than you know seeing names you know that was about it because yeah, you yeah. know i don't watch the nba i don't watch college <clears throat> basketball i'll go to high school games and i just didn't i didn't know him i know that you know he was popular yeah you know yeah. and i i read up on him but i i i don't have you know, much to say one way or the other because I really didn't know the gentleman that much. Right, so right. sad yeah. to say, but that's you yeah. know, that's the no, state. No, no. Again, I mean, in, it's like, know? yeah, it would it would be, I guess, me. You know, because there are a lot of you know, you're more into football. Uh, there would be probably some football broadcasters that I'm not familiar with because I'm not a big football fan, even though I know a little bit. But I, I don't follow football probably as much as you do, and you probably know more of the folks that cover the games and whatnot. 
but if you do get a chance, you, you know, NBA TV has a wide variety of broadcasters, uh, former players on there. I mean, they've got a good lineup of broadcasters, and it's people who know the game. And he was one of those guys. And I, it was it was sad to hear that, like, you know, 48 years old. I mean, and right away, I like, man, 48. I hope nothing happened with him related to COVID. And then when the news started coming out, uh, that's what it was, that uh, yeah. it died yeah. from COVID complications. So yeah. Yeah. really sad. Um, so just want to say rest in peace, rest in power. Uh, to you, Mr. you know, Sager. Wayne, yes. there is there is one basketball uh, legend that also died that I want to bring up. And I do know about him because of when I was watching a lot of basketball back in the uh, late 70s and the 80s and 90s, and that's John Chaney. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's John, right. Hall of Fame college basketball coach John yes. Chaney passed away now. Yes. You know, I, I can speak on him because he's a, a guy that was able to take Temple University and put them on the map. Absolutely. As far as, far as basketball goes. And he was a, sort of like uh, the um, coach at Georgetown, John Thompson. You know, when you think about college basketballs in the 70s and 80s yeah. and so yeah. on, you didn't have that many uh, black head coaches as, of course, as in nearly everything these days. Right, right. And so he was able to uh, take kids that society felt that weren't going to uh, live up to or uh, be a positive influence on society and turn them into decent basketball players. They were already decent. And so he was able to bring that family attitude and at, to Temple University and mentor a lot of these uh, young men coming out of yeah. their inner cities. Yeah. The the other thing that he was uh, influential in is that he felt that the SATs was a negative for minority athletes because they changed the rules simply to uh, it was kind of a backlash because so many uh, brown and black athletes were going on and playing professional basketball and baseball and football that the SATs decided that they were going to allow um, how can we get more white kids involved, literally? And so what they did is that they changed the formula for SATs that would allow more white kids to get scholarships because they said, well, what we're going to do now is that we're going to look at your GPA from your high school. And based on your GPA from your high school, then we're going to we're going to put the SATs on a sliding scale. So the higher your GPA is in high school, the lower you have to score on the SATs. The lower your GPA in high school, the higher you have to score. So it kind of balanced things out. But to me, it seems that it's really helping helping the, the, the white athletes get a chance to do that it's sort of like when college basketball suddenly came up with the three-point line or the nba you know changed and went to the three-point line because the aba was first to have it and then the nba decided to do that well why did they do that you know why did the nba come up with a three-point shooting contest Yep, Back yep. in the eighties, why did they do that? Yep. Well, who's going to be shooting three pointers? Who's <laughs> going to who's going to be dunking the ball? Who's going to be shooting three pointers? So John Cheney was was that guy for Temple University, and he passed. And uh, I, I'd like to say that, you know, he was he was one of the guys I did follow back yeah. when I was watching a lot of basketball back in yeah. the 70s yeah. and 80s. What are your yeah. thoughts on him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he uh, he brought that uh, that focus on Philly basketball, you know, that that Philly, the Temples, the Villanovas. I mean, he was right there yep. uh, at the time when when Philly basketball, because of those schools, the Villanovas, the Temples, uh, he was bringing that focus on on Philly basketball. 
And he, along with John Thompson, probably Nolan Richardson, yep. um, George Raveling out of USC, um, you know, at the time, those were the prominent, and there probably were some more, but those are the ones that come to mind for me. They were the prominent black coaches in yeah. college basketball. I think Drexel's out of Philly, too. I think. Yeah, Drexel. Yeah, Drexel. It was they had, it, a, they that had big some basketball. Five, they had yep. that big five thing going on yes. uh, in, in Philly, and, and Temple was right there in the mix. Um, he, a couple of his players that he coached were, were huge NBA players, man. Eddie Jones mm-hmm. and uh, Eric McKee. Aaron McKee uh, were, were huge NBA stars, man, uh, that came out of that Temple program. But like you said, John Chaney was along the mold of, of John Thompson and Nola Richardson. It wasn't just about basketball. It was about molding men and molding these young guys that were coming out of these, you know, coming out of the inner city, coming into college. Uh, it, they had the, yeah, basketball players. We got that down. But those coaches taught these young men how to be men. And and that is what I remember. Um, again, John Cheney was in was in that realm of those coaches. I remember too, man, a press conference that John Cheney had. You might remember this press conference. <laughs> yeah, he had a press conference, and I don't know what John Calipari said, but John Cheney went off, man. He's like, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna fight Calipari in the conference, in the press conference, man. It was like, man, what set him off? But Calipari had said something that Cheney didn't like, and Cheney called him out, man, right then and there. Yeah. And uh, you know, he stood up for his players, always stood up for his players, and, and stood up what what was right, man, about you know the way he felt about the way black athletes were being treated uh, in college sports. He stood up for that. He he emphasized that he wanted the best for his players. So absolutely, man, great man, great coach, great coach. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yep. I almost that almost slipped my mind because he passed. Uh, what was it? Friday? It was a Friday or yes. yesterday? I think it was yeah. Friday. Yeah. And I, I I was watching ESPN and I'm like, whoa. So yeah, um, you know the greats, man. They're 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 leaving us, man. Uh, yeah. We we talk about this. The greats, they're leaving us, man. So um, I'll, I'll let you take up this next one. Um, this was a a woman that was prominent uh, again uh, back in the seventies, um, late seventies, maybe early eighties. Uh, and I'll let you elaborate on Cloris Leachman. Okay. Your thoughts? Okay. Friar Blooker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with that. (laughs) Best known for being Phyllis on the Mary Tyler Moore show. She was the busy, nosy neighbor uh, (laughs) that always butted into Mary's stuff. And she she kind of she kind of got her start, you know, earlier, but made her way to television and. She was an Emmy Award winner. Uh, she won Best Supporting Actress. Actress, thank you very much. I'll get that correct. <laughs> Best Supporting Actress for the Last Picture Show. Yep. In which uh, Warren Beatty and Sybil Shepherd played in, if I remember correctly. Because yep. I, I remember the movie because it was the movie was totally in black and white. Yep. And which was odd because we'd gotten away from black and white and then uh, suddenly it it came back for just this this show. So, yeah, of course, Leachman was um, was was an Emmy winning Emmy award winning actress and uh, an um, Oscar winning actress. But to me, her I think her favorite role was Friar Blooker in the young Frankenstein yep. uh, movie <laughs> because she, she played straight lace and every time they said her name, the horses went crazy yep. and yep. towards the end of it, she would just kind of roll her eyes <laughs> and Marty Feldman, oh, gosh. you know, with his eyes anyway, with his eyes, yep. <laughs> he would always pimper, you know, so yeah, she was she was a award winning actress. She she got her start uh, early. Um, I forget who she. Uh, gosh, she married someone that was. Uh, I can't think of who she married. 
Uh, I, I can't think of who it is, yeah, but she married so, she married someone that was famous yeah, and uh, ended up ended up ended up getting a divorce. It it may come to me a little bit later, yeah. but yeah, I I rem- her to me her best role was Friar Blooker yeah. in um, Young Frankenstein. Yep, yep, I remember remember Young Frankenstein. I, that, to me, that was that was one of. Uh, uh, was it Mel? Was Mel, Mel Brooks? Brooks? Mel Brooks, right. one of one one of Mel Brooks' best movies uh, as well. He's got a lot of good ones, but that that's one of his best, I think. But I, I really liked her in the Mary Tyler Moore show. I I love the Mary Tyler Moore show. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I say it. Yes, I love the Mary Tyler Moore show, and uh, it was it was a groundbreaking show for a lot of reasons. Here's this this single woman on her own, doing her thing. And yeah, um, Phyllis, the nosy neighbor, always wanted to, you know, meddle in Mary's business and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great show. It was a groundbreaking show, and she was a she was a heck of an actress. So uh, again, another another legend, man. That's uh, that's gone. Um, and they, they just every week, it's like somebody's passing away. So uh, rest in peace, rest in power to Miss Cloris Leachman. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last name we're gonna talk about. Uh, is really um, wow. I think uh, I think this lady is is, is again is acting royalty uh, as an actress. Um, man, uh, we watched her for years uh, on the screen, the big screen and the small screen, do her thing, and uh, that is Miss Cicely Tyson. Um, and I'll 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 let you start it off, man. What what are your fondest memories of Miss Cicely Tyson? She was she was a great actress. She was rangy. She was a civil rights um, icon. Uh, she didn't take just the uh, step and fetch it roles. Uh, yep. She didn't take roles that uh, <clears throat> stereotyped uh, black women. You know, when when you start in the business, when she started in the business, and they only offer you certain roles, she did not. Uh, take those roles. She was uh, probably most famous for Sounder, uh, which she won an Academy Award. And then on top of that, the most popular role she she had was and in the autobiography of Jane Pittman, Miss Jane yep. Pittman. Yeah. And then she played in she played in a lots of movies. I remember her from Roots. Yep. You know, Roots is going to be coming on starting tomorrow on one of the channels. I think like AMC. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember her as one of uh, I want to say it was was it OJ's mom over in in Africa. Uh, yeah, cook, she cook, man. I, yeah, that one there. I'd have to I'd have to scratch my head on that one. <laughs> I think she was Kunta Kinte's yep. m- uh, mom. Yep. And. Africa or one of aunt or something like that it could have been her could have been uh, Maya Angelou but she was she was a uh, very 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 um, diverse in what she did and then I want to say the last big thing that she did was uh, she was in oh here I go I'm uh, Alzheimer just sitting I said I know I wanted to bring this up <laughs> and she was in a series that I just escaped my mind just oh, now. Oh, I know. I, do you need some help? Yeah. <laughs> she played Viola Davis's mom in How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah, she so did. She played Annalise Keating's mom yep. in How to Get Away with Murder. And man, uh, she played that role. Yes, yes. She played that role. Yep. And it just it just you know showed how diverse of characters that she could play. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't want you know if you got more comments. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it, it just showed her diversity in, in the roles she could play. Um, you know, Tyler Perry had her in a couple of his movies, uh, and I think the the movie that that really um, that I really liked that she was in, I think it was Muddy's Family Reunion. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene at the end of that movie to where the the oldest, I think she is the she is the matriarch of the family. They ring the bell and they want everybody to come to gather around her. And Cicely Tyson's character gives this monologue at during this scene, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
If it yep. is, it is profound. I mean, she's she's telling you know what she expects from each member of that family and how they're supposed to conduct themselves, and this or that, and and the behavior she saw was unacceptable from the men, from the young girls, whatever. I mean, that was a powerful monologue. Yes. And so you know, uh, yes, uh, amazing actress. Uh, she was always down to support the cause of black women. Uh, one of the coolest things here, a couple of days she did before she died, she sent a tweet to the to the young lady who uh, Miss Gorman, who read the poem mm-hmm. at the inauguration. She sent a tweet to her, basically, you know, telling her to keep doing what she's doing. She enjoyed her poem and what the lessons that her poem taught America. I mean, she tweeted that to her a couple of days before she passed. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, amazing woman, man, amazing woman. She will definitely be missed. And uh, uh, wow, we could go on and on probably talking about her. But in fact, Sounder comes on tonight uh, on uh, Turner Classic Movies. Uh, So Sounder will be on tonight. She was in The Help. Uh, She played one of the original maids in The Help. Uh, I mean, just a wide variety of characters that she has played throughout the years. But I think she'll probably be best known for her role in Sounder. Sounder, right. Yep. right she'll right. best be known for that role. But uh, most definitely, rest in power, uh, Ms. Cicely Tyson. Any other comments uh, you'd like to add before we move to the next topic? No, I think, you know, we, she's, I think the, the last thing is that you mentioned that she texted um the Gordon lady, the Gordon girl. Yeah, Miss Gorman. Uh, yeah, Miss Gorman. Yeah. Gorman. Uh, uh, and it was right after that. Just think, she's you know ninety six years 96 old. Ninety six years old. Yeah. And she had someone, or she texts her, and within a week, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, life is so short. Yeah. And you know the things that we do. Uh, during our journey has profound uh, effects on the history of, of this nation. Yep. You know, the, it has a profound effect on hundreds, thousands of people. We just don't, we may just not know it or right. realize it, but, you know, everybody, Father Time is going to tick down on everybody and mm-hmm. you know when when we're when we finish this life and, and and gone on you know will we be able to look back and say you know i've done the best i could for my family myself and uh all those loved ones and my community yeah, yeah. and you know her legacy will live on because of films Yes, you know, and definitely. so on. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. I I want to want to go back to that uh, Madea's family reunion. Uh, that scene I was talking about. Also in that scene with her is Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. And that I mean that scene is profound. But you've got two of two of the great uh, elder uh, stateswomen of 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 our time in the same movie. And their, you know, their role is one of they're guiding, they are providing wisdom, and it's that that movie is is it says a lot, man. That that particular movie, the, a lot of people are not huge fans of Tyler Perry's movies, but one thing I will say about his movie, there is always a moral fiber in his movies. Mm-hmm. And you can you can relate to what's going on. That particular movie, man. Every time I, I, I every time that scene comes on, I'm like, wow, this this she's absolutely right because they're walking around observing the family, and they're watching to see what's going on. And it's like people shooting dice, people drinking, mm-hmm. you know, girls out there dancing half naked and carrying on. And and she's like, look, uh, family, we we can do better than this. And I think that's a message. That message is, is to me, is, is relevant to the black community. Yeah. You know, we have to do better than what we're doing. And so, uh, yes, yeah, Cicely Tyson, her legacy will live on through the work that she has left behind for us to watch, you know, even though we're older. But the generations behind us, that work is here for them to watch, hopefully learn from, and improve their lives and improve their communities as well. So, yeah. And, and- again— the idea of a matriarch, 
is what she was doing in that movie. And if we look in our neighbor, we go back to E-Town and look at matriarchs in our community, you know who they are. Yeah. You know, you know who the people that would say, you know, now you boys don't be doing that or you girls not be doing that and so on. That's right. And I I know I know Miss Norma Jean is a matriarch in in Elizabethtown. I know that for sure. Your mom is definitely a matriarch. And a lot of people respect her. A lot of she knows everybody. Of course, everybody knows everybody (laughs) in Elizabethtown. Yeah. But I would say Miss Norma Jean and some of those ladies at First Baptist, they were all matriarchs. Gosh. We don't have that today, man. No, I mean, no. it's it's sad. You know, just last week or this past week, there's a kid here in Indianapolis that killed his entire family. Wow. He's 17 years old. He killed wow. his mother, his father, his sister, his sister-in-law and the and the baby and shot his younger brother. Wow. The, the younger brother survived. Wow. Killed, killed six people Ooh. in his own family. Wow. You know, because the the their parents wouldn't let him go out and do something. He killed wow. the entire family. Wow. So that that's that's just sad. That's just it sad. It, it it is. It it is beyond sad, man. That and, and, uh, and that's what that's kind of what that part of Tyler Perry's Medea's family was talking about. Right, right. You know. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, you know, the the matriarchs and I mean, you know, we, we I, again, man, I, I think we were blessed to live in the time that we did because of the, the training and the guidance we received. Um, and granted, we, we were around probably a lot more the, of the men in the community than we were the women. But we we know those women who spoke into our lives. And, and like you say, man, they would they'd be watching. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. they, knew, they knew whose kids you were. And they didn't hesitate to call you out and 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 you better not say anything back to them about, you know, who are you? Who are you? It ain't none of your business. What I'm man, we would never think about doing that. No. And now it's like, you know, where where is that now? It's it's few and far between, especially in our community. Uh, where you have those matriarch figures, the the big mamas and and that type of thing, uh, it's 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 fading fast. So, yep, fading fast. So, yep. So rest in power, the queen, Cicely Tyson. She will definitely be missed. And uh, if you you know it's Black History Month, they're going to be playing a, a lot of films. I'm sure, like you mentioned, Roots is going to be in there. Sounder is on tonight. Uh, I'm sure some other her films, The Help has been been playing here off and on here for the last few months. Yep. So there's going to be a lot of lot of movies coming out, and, and the odds are something's going to come on where she's going to be in it. And so um, if you get a chance, check it out. Check her out. She leaves yeah. a a a stellar body of work for us to uh, for us to watch going forward. So, all right. Um, next topic, and this one here. Uh, it's sort of like, um, you know, there were a lot of things going on. COVID still gets a lot of the attention and we got the second impeachment coming up here next week. But this story sort of flew under the radar a little bit. And uh, it, it concerned the um, the video game store GameStop and how people were manipulating the stock of that particular entity uh, to buy up all the stock. And then sell it, and folks made buku dollars off. <laughs> yep. of, they made buku dollars off of that, and a lot of folks lost a lot of money on that. The hypocrisy of all this is what these folks did. It's been going on with these these investment bankers and all these other people on Wall Street. They've been doing the same thing for year for years. But now they want to cry foul, <laughs> you know. The chicken and has I, come home to roost. Ch- another case, yes. The chicken's coming home. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's such hypocrisy, man? It's like you've been doing this for years, and because of who you are and what your status is, no one can say anything about it. But these common folks found a way to do what you've been doing, and you got a problem with it. I, I just thought it was hilarious, man. And, uh, you know, that now they're going to pitch a fit about it. So your your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, let's say, was it Robin Hood, the app? It was Robin Hood, yeah. It was Robin app that yeah. you could use, and which is actually, when you think about it, you don't need a go-between in order to get into the stock market. Nope. You know, you don't need someone on the stock market itself. If you got this app, you can buy and trade stocks by using, you know, this app. Yep. So what happened is that the young, the 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 small guy decided to get together and run a con. Yeah. You know, they they did the old switcheroo. They did they did the hey, what we're gonna do, let's keep this hush hush. What we're gonna do is that we're gonna start buying this stock. And the really, really rich people, the the big brokers on Wall Street, they're we're gonna bet that they're gonna try to drive the stock down. Yep. And so that they can make money off of it by selling the stock. And so what they did is they flipped the script. Yep. So everybody <laughs> started buying the stock, buying the stock, and it just kept going and kept going and kept going. It got up to thousands of dollars. Yep. And people were getting in and getting out because, you know, that's speculation. <laughs> you know, investing is you get in the market and you stay a long time. The money right, market right. goes up, market goes down, doesn't matter. So what these young folks did, and old people too, what they did is they speculated. They speculated that we're going to drive the stock up, and then we're going to get in, put some money in real quick, get out, okay, and then we're going to make some money, drive the stock price up. You know, it was it was selling at, you know, $40 a share. They drove it up to several thousand dollars. Yep. And just think if you put $1,000 in there, <laughs> and then suddenly in in two days— you know, you three hundred thousand dollars, and then the rich folks they said, "No, you can't do that. We need to shut it down." <laughs> no, you can't shut it down. That's right. So it's it's funny that you know people feel that you can get in there and get out because it's only for us. You know, we are the we are the brokers. We are the big guys. We've got all this money. We got billions and billions of dollars, and we can manipulate the stock market. Well, you just got manipulated. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great, man. You know, we, we we're sticking it to you now, and uh, you know, crying and it's like, come on, man. You you've been doing this to people for years, and uh, just like you say, man, this is only for us. You know, this is only for <laughs> us, exclusive. You 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 can't get into this. But like you said, they flipped the script on these guys and uh, made a lot of money. Cause a lot of other people to lose a lot of money. So yes. I thought it's great, man. I think it's great. So, but you know, Wayne, the, the people that lost money, you know, those big people, right? You know, they lost money, but they're gonna just gonna get it back. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know yeah. it's like in 1987 when you know we had that market fluctuate or panic, whatever, and Sam Walton of Walmart, he lost a billion dollars. Now, literally overnight. Right. And I remember this interview with someone, it could have been like Dan Rather or Mike Wallace or somebody said, well, Mr. Walton, you just lost a billion dollars. Well, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I got five billion more. <laughs> and I'm going right. to get my 1962 Chevy and just, just keep driving around. Right. You know, Bill right. Arkansas. Right. So he got all his money back and, and more. Yeah. Yeah, these guys, they're crying, but it's like, come on, man, what are you really crying for? Because you you are going to be able to bounce back. You know, you just just, you know, call it what it is. You got played. and uh, <laughs> That's it. You got played. Call it what it is. Get tip your hat. Say touche to these folks. <laughs> yep. And you got you played. Got <laughs> and you got played. And then because you, you're going to get your money back and then some. So, please, I, I really don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. So I, I thought that was great. It was one of those stories, again, COVID, the second impeachment, that sort of bombarded the the news cycle um, last week for the most part. But this story sort of came in at the end of the week and uh, and got a little notoriety, got a little coverage because of, you know, it's common folks that did this. They, they flipped the stock market on its head. So it was a good <laughs> deal. I think it was great. So, uh, so this last topic that we want to chat about. Uh, this is something that came to my mind. I found myself this week being extremely angry. And I said, man, um, 
what the heck? Why am I so angry? And then I realized as I sat and just looked at a collective of the landscape, the fabric of this country. And I text you and I said, look, we need to talk about the real state of the union and the emphasis being on real, because what we're living in now is a nightmare. It, it is it has probably like me, it probably has you as well, fearful about what, what the heck is going on in this country, man, to where you have your own people in the legislative branch of the government who continuously say they are working in a hostile work environment. Why? Because their co-workers in that branch of government want to carry guns into the hall. They want to berate people. They want to continually press these ridiculous stories from QAnon and all kind of other crap. Uh, They're constantly being nasty. They don't want to follow the rules. And these people are supposed to be the leaders of the country setting an example for other people. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with us, man? The state of our union is the union is severely broken, in my opinion. It is severely broken. And, And as my wife and I were talking the other night, man, we thought we would feel better once the previous occupant was gone and Biden was in. But I still feel bad. And it's because of all this foolishness that's swirling around, you know, what's what's going on in this country, man. The the insurrectionists, the people who hate just because they want to hate and they can. The people who don't want to wear masks, the people who don't want to take vaccinations, the people who who just they just they gotta find somebody to dislike or something to dislike. And it's depressing and it makes you mad. So I'll throw it over to you, man, your thoughts. (laughs) Well, I want to say it's as simple as this. What we've had in this country for decades since we've been mature, since we've grown up, nothing, Wayne, has really changed it's almost like you've got this fire that you started out in the woods and, you know, you you put the fire out and you thought that everything was everything was cool. Things were working well. You're getting ready to leave. You know, you have a campfire and there's one little amber that the wind picks it up. You just happened to be out in California, by the way, and it hadn't rained in six years. And this one little amber gets up into the air and it's still lit and it starts a brush fire, which engulfs the rest of the state. And that's what we that's what we've been dealing with. If you go back to the 1960s and you work your way through the civil rights movement and and Literally, we can say probably the civil rights movement kind of came to the end about 1974, 75, by the time that we got out of high school. Right, right. And those embers of racism and all that, they've always been there. You know, the civil rights movement kind of put the fire out. It smothered the fire, but the embers have been there. And for decades now, people have decided that they don't like the fire. They don't like what happened with civil rights. And these attitudes and so on have always been there. And it slowly but surely has been, you know, it's almost like, you know, when we were Boy Scouts and we started the fires and you get it going and you blow, you put a little oxygen to it and the fire gets a little bit bigger so by about 1979 you know it's like somebody's blowing on that fire and starts to get a little bit bigger and then what we get is uh we get ronald reagan in the office and i use rosalind carter's uh analogy is that ronald reagan was able to make people feel comfortable with their prejudices so now we've got 
we got some extra, you know, air. And that that flame is starting to get bigger and bigger. And then when he leaves, you know, he, we got the contract with America that came in with Newt Gingrich and so on. And people are upset that, you know, black folks, minority folks are getting too much. You know, all we're doing is that not doing anything. They're, they're just sitting at home getting welfare checks. So that flame's getting a little bit larger and larger and, and so on. And, and, and then after the contract with America, we get things that kind of calm down a little bit. And then about 2008, when uh, Barack Obama was running for president, running for president, the embers took off again. And now we can't get this black man from out there. And he became president. Oh my God. And I wrote, yeah. I that we're going to president. So that gets it going again. You know, oh, so we're going to make God. sure that he's going to make him a one-term president. Then he wins re-election. And then all these folks are upset. And then oh. in the, in the process what we get is a, a group of people that want to use, you know, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment to um, to advance their neo-fascism, literally, because that's what we've got right now. Yeah. We don't people don't say it, but what we have is that we have a group of people that are extremely nationalist. They're opposed to any liberal individualism. They hate anything that's not pure D, what they want America to be. They're, they practice racism and xenophobia, and they want to just stay with what they want to get done. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. And past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, when he came to power by jumping on the birther movement of saying that uh, Barack Obama wasn't born here, then that, those embers became a flame. Okay. And those flames became a brush fire. And with him and his, you know, Stephen Miller and the, and the racism and the things that they did to stoke those fires, it just got out of control. And then you, then we allowed stupid people, as you mentioned, the QAnon people and, and those people who yeah. just who just jumped on the bandwagon and start going with conspiracy theories. And then you had networks that just fed into that that narrative. And that what we got is instead of a, a, a ember, we got flames or brush fire and then the whole damn state's on fire. Mm-hmm. And the state of the union is what's on fire now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and we've got literally a civil war going on. Okay. The Republican Party is all jacked up because they don't know what to do with these crazy people that have taken over their party. Yep. You know, it was the Tea Party that took over, that had a big influence when Barack Obama came in, and they're going to oppose that. Now they've got crazy people that are following the past occupant of 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, and they're so loyal to this idiot He's a no. He's really a nobody. Yeah. He's a defunct person that allows them to bring out their racist and their uh, their ideas that they always wanted to step forward and always wanted to spew. And he's made them more comfortable in doing that. So now the genie is out of the bottle, and the the Republican Party. uh, Someone's trying to start a. America Party, a MAGA Party, and it's going to split up. The Republican Party is literally dead. Yeah, they're okay. they're they're toast. They they're they're, they're, they're toast. dead. They're yeah. ne- they may not ever ever win a national election again. Nope. But the craziness that goes on is that at the state level, I mean, at the state level, you, you think of uh, Cindy McCain and um, Liz Cheney. 
you've got people from their state legislature that's censoring them and saying that right. since they didn't go along with the lie, and everybody knows it's a lie, well, I shouldn't say that, people that are intelligent enough to know that's a lie, <laughs> they these people are are punishing them, and they're right. in their own party. Right. It's, right. it's a mess, and right. this is not going to end this is not going to end anytime soon. No. And I hope I know that I'm, I'm going I'm getting long winded. I hope that the FBI snatches these people off the streets and puts the hammer down on them and say, this is what's going to happen to you if you decide that you want to try to take over the government again. Yeah, I'm Let done. Me- yeah, let, let me let me throw this out, man, because my wife and I were talking about this, man. You're you're a, you're a student of history, as am I, and uh, we were talking, and I'm like, you know what? In the history of this country, are you aware of any minority person that has ever tried to overthrow the government? I, I'm like, I can't think of any instance where there was a minority group or our person in this country tried to overthrow the damn government. Anytime you the look state at gov- foolish, uh, the the national government or state governments? Uh, the 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 federal government. I yeah, mean like yeah. what the insurrection that we saw on the 6th of January. <laughs> have you ever seen a mob of minority people trying to overthrow the damn government? Oh no. Anytime no. you see this foolishness about people like, you know, my rights and you're taking from me, and you're taking my job, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, we want to overthrow the election. All this, it ain't us. <laughs> no. It ain't us. Nope. And and I'm like, man, what the hell? And, and you said it right, man. The Republican Party, they don't know what to do with these crazy ass people, that the people at the lower levels have elected these people. And I would like to know what the hell were you thinking about by voting these people in? Because they're going, they are ludicrous. They are crazy. No, 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 no. They, they, they're not. They are not. I, I think. I don't mean to cut you off, but they voted the way that they wanted to vote. And, and that is true. That is true. They didn't put them in there to be nice. They right. put them in that there because because they believe in the same crazy ass shit that they believe in. Right. Right. That they're that putting in there. That Otherwise, is, they wouldn't be there. Right. They would that have lost true. those elections. So, yeah, it's they're being real. Yeah, they're and showing I, their color. Right, and and I'm afraid that what what's going on now, the impeachment, the trial, it, it's it's for naught, man. Because these people don't have the courage. There may be a few, and we we name we know the few that are going to stand up for what is right, but now. The the factions of the Republican Party said this is unconstitutional. Why can't we just, you know, forget about this? It's drawing attention away from what needs to be done in the country. And the and the new president's talking about unity. Well, you're not gonna get unity if you're trying to convict some guy that's not even in office anymore. And it's like, come on, people, get your head out of your ass. They just don't they're just I they yeah they got their heads in their ass and they got their head up his ass right absolutely and, and that's the like, problem just just a few days ago you were running for your lives in this hall you were running for your lives from this angry mob that if they had got a hold of someone they probably would have killed them but now you can't find the conviction to say you know what this was incited by this individual got these people whipped into a frenzy they marched on the capitol they com- com- uh, committed insurrection. They committed sedition against the United States government. If you can't stand for that, I'm I'm not sure what you're standing for. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what you stand for. And it's it's sad, man, that here we are, 2021. You've got a situation to where you can't even trust the people that have been elected to represent the people. You can't trust them. You cannot trust them. And, uh, you know, like you say, man, the State of the Union, it is on fire. The Union is on fire. It is burning. It's probably a a four or five alarm fire right now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and uh, it's it's sad, man. It makes you sad. It makes you angry because 
I had to turn the news off, man, because I was getting incensed when, when you listen to these people trying to justify their actions. You know, the, the big thing, Wayne, is the fact that they are going to say that he's not guilty because not because they know that he is they know that he's guilty. They're going with this. They are opposed to any liberal type democracy. That's what they're fighting against. Mm. A liberal type democracy. Or if it was a parliamentary type system like they have in Canada, that's kind of a liberal type democracy. They don't want that. See, fascists believe in the power of authoritarianism and they feel that the past occupant of 16 Pennsylvania Ave- 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that's the authoritarian that they want. They don't want democracy. And you can tell it. These militias and so on, they don't want that. So if they vote to convict the past occupant, they're voting for liberal democracy. They don't want it. They are against that. I can see it. They don't want any part of that. Mm. They want because they're so paranoid of losing their control of what they've had for 400 years that they aren't going to go with that, even though that they know they're voting in the they're voting the wrong way. They know that they vote the wrong way. They know that he is guilty. And I don't give a crap what they say. The man is an idiot and he provoke those people to go to the Capitol yep. and to kill your behinds. Yep. And you're going to, you're going to vote yeah. against somebody that came after you. It's just right. like Ted Cruz. He <laughs> talked about your wife. He <laughs> talked about your daddy. He yeah. talked about you. And you yeah. said he's the worst man in the world. And now yeah. you're sucking him. I yeah. mean, you're sucking up to him. Yeah. 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 Uh, what kind of man is that? What kind of man is that? It's it's appalling, man. That uh, here we are. I mean, it's 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 sickening, and you're you're absolutely right. But I I I I, I throw this out for food for thought. A lot of these people always talking about you know we don't want socialism, and and they like this authoritarian idiot that was at the helm of the country. You know, there are people who literally came to this country out of those environments. Yes, they know what it's like. When you have to live under the rule of one individual telling you what you can and can't do. They came out of those environments. That's why they fled and came to this country looking for a better life. But you've got people that have been here, know what how good America is or how good America can be. But you want something other than democracy. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I say, you know what? If you if, if you don't like the way things are here, go to North Korea, go to Russia, go to go to China, go 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 live under a, a true authoritarian regime and see how you like that. Yeah. Yeah. See go how buy, you like that. Go buy a damn island. All you motherfuckers go there. I'm right. Sorry. Go just. Excuse yeah. Just go, go. Go. Get you. My fact. Uh, the previous argument, he wanted to buy Greenland at one time. <laughs> yeah. There you so, go. Go by Greenland. He can be your president. And all y'all idiots can go live on Greenland with him. And you guys can be hunky-dory and happy for the rest of your miserable lives. Yeah. How about that? How about that's, that? You know what, Wayne? That's, <laughs> that's a good idea. We should we should encourage. Go ahead. Buy Greenland. Buy Greenland. Go on up there. Or immigrate to Greenland. Immigrate to Greenland. Take you a, know. You know, that's immigrate with an E. That means you leave this place and that's go right. there. You leave the United States of America and go there. He's your president because that's what you want. He's your president. So you can go live under his regime and 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 do whatever you, you all you QAnon, all you stupid people go there and y'all can be happy and suck up to him for the rest of your miserable lives. You won't have any Mexicans. You won't no. have any black. You may not have a lot of black folks. You may not have no. a bunch of Asians. You may not have any of that. It could just be y'all can live up there, just, man. Y'all can just live there and and yeah. and not have to worry about anybody yes. taking your jobs and all this other stuff. 
We solved the problem. Solved the problem. We <laughs> solved the problem. We have solved the problem. So we have solved the problem. So Greenland, uh, if if you're for sale, we got a buyer for you. We got buyers. <laughs> we got a buyer, and uh, and and self-making. But I, you know, if not Greenland, I'm sure there's some other uninhabited pieces of land somewhere that these people can go set up their own form of government that they want. And 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 just live amongst themselves with no other uh, ethnic groups and no other cultures around, just them and their guns and their their conspiracy theories and all this other foolishness. And you guys can be happy. You, <laughs> be happy. you know what they used to say in the seventies? America, love it or leave it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And right now they're 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 not loving America. No, Why they're not? Because they sense that the that the demographics are changing, they sense that no we're we're losing ground. So no, they they ain't loving America too much right now. They're not loving too much America right now. I, I was in Panera Bread the uh, Saturday. What's today? Sunday. I was in Panera Bread on Friday. I think it was. And uh, I got what I ordered, and I told Cynthia when I got back home, man, I said. In front of me in the line was an insurrectionist. I, I said, this guy was one of those people at the Capitol. He on a big old shirt, had I'm a patriot, 1776 on it. On it. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, you're one of those people at the Capitol mm-hmm. committing insurrection. You know, and I, it's, it, it kills me, man, that these people think that their way is the only way. And you have nothing to do with it. We don't want you. We don't need you. You don't have a part in this. So I think our idea is great, man. You 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 don't you don't love America because you see it shifting, then leave. Go go set up your own government. Yeah. Like those idiots said when they burst into the Capitol, let's set up our own government. Okay. Uh, go go somewhere and set up your own government with your de facto leader, the 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 previous occupant of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. You that would be. And, and the other thing that that makes it go crazy is that. The fact that some of these congressmen, congresswomen, they want to carry guns onto the floor of yep. the House and the, he- yep. and the House yep. and the Senate. Yeah. You know, especially after what happened uh, on the sixth. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then yep. some of them want to want to go around the metal detectors and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. So, and 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 the the other thing is the. Um, the lady from St. Louis, I can't think of her name. The uh, Congress lady from Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, she's from she's from oh, she's from Georgia, right? From Georgia, but yeah. the black lady that was part oh, of Bush, uh, Corey Bush, yeah, Bush, when when she kind of confronted her about putting her mask on, walking through the hallways. Did you did you happen to? Yep, yep. See I that? saw that the other day. Yep. The thing that got me is that you know Marjorie. Taylor Bush, Marjorie Taylor know, she, Green, yeah. Green, Green, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Green. Uh, she tried to say something like that, and I literally said, "You know what? If Corey Bush decided to beat the shit out of her, <laughs> now we're talking homegirl here. That's right. We're talking to a, a girl from the hood that's made that's it to right. Congress. That's right. She would kick her ass in a hot minute. Yep." Yeah. And and she would shut that crap up, you know. Yeah. She, I, I've got a gun, you know, and so on like that. Yeah, you don't have a gun now, so I'm gonna kick your ass. That's what mm-hmm. that's what would happen. I'm sure Corey Bush will 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 whoop the floor up with her ass, yeah. wipe the floor up with her behind. Yeah. We, you know, shut that crap up. Yeah, we 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 got one out here. The 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 folks Colorado elected uh, elected yep. one of these crazy people, and she's always talking. So she's she's in her commercial with her gun, and she's talking about I'm gonna take on AOC, and and I mean, AOC is from around the way. She will whoop <laughs> your ass. <laughs> she will so whoop not. your ass because you're only talking big and bad because you got this gun on. Take right. your gun off. And step to AOC, and I guarantee you, she will whoop your ass. She'll take them shoes off. That's right. So all, all <laughs> Throw these people, papers you know, down. Yeah, all, all these people, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Berbert, Hawley, Cruz, all these other fools, y'all can go to this this place where, where we sending y'all, 
and start your own government. You guys are elected officials. I'm sure he would want you in his government when he sets up this, whatever he's going to do. Y'all go do your thing, man. And let rational, sound-minded people do what's right for the American people. Because right now, it is a hot mess. It is a hot mess. And so um, we, we can go on and on about this. But the State of the Union, as you say, it's on fire. And these embers have been burning for years and years and years. And here we are. We're, we've got a full-grown, blazing wildfire, uh, wild, wild fire um, burning our current State of the Union. So that's, that's what's real about it. That's yeah. the real deal. And as we always say, we say it like we see it. We're not going to back down from that. So. That's that's all we uh, that's all we want to put out there tonight. Yeah, is, it's uh, going to be a long struggle to get it is past, going, yes to get past this segment of of uh, American history. It is. It and is. It's not going to it's not going to come easy. Nope. And I, I think the biggest thing is that we are for real. They've got to get for real. Yeah. You know, there's so much. It's it's like once again, let's let's step back to. August of last year, they had a march on Washington, D.C., led by uh, Al Sharpton, Black yep. Lives Matter. Yep. 200,000 people, 200,000 people was there, not one arrest. Nope. And I was listening to someone today, and they said they wouldn't even allow the people that came to that march in August Took even carry water bottles. Nope. It was, that's it how was, secure it was. That's right. It was severely locked down. And severely then these, locked down. these people showed up and they got bats, bottles, right. <laughs> they got chains, they got right. clubs, they got bear spray, they got all of this stuff. But check it guns, out. <laughs> check it out. And they don't you do even, anything about it. Right. You show up to what's supposed to be a peaceful uh, gathering, but you got materials to build a hangman's noose. I mean, come on. Come and a on, guillotine. Man. A guillotine. I mean, really. <laughs> so again, I, I go back to my analogy, what I said before, the million man march, million, million black men on the Capitol there to hear Louis Farrakhan, other speakers, a million man march, not one arrest, yes. no violence, nothing. Even go back to the, the March on Washington, 1963. I don't remember hearing no violence there. Every time you hear about some type of violence in this country, over we want to overthrow the government. We don't like the way things are. Blah, blah, blah. You're infringing on our rights. It ain't us. It ain't us. It ain't us. And so when 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 the when the when the Black Lives Matter uh, marches, there are people who infiltrate those marches and they start violence, whatnot. And it yes, it gives a bad name. So people say, see, these people are violent. No, there are people who are purposely infiltrate that activity and they're the ones committing the looting and the riot, all this other foolishness. The protest is peaceful. So, you know, after ball games, people tearing up the town because their team won or whatnot. How are they portrayed? Oh, they're just blown off a little steam. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but when something happens to where it's a majority, a minority type, of, oh, these people are rioting, they're violent and whatnot. But these people are tore up your whole damn downtown because the damn team won a football or basketball game. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yep. America, as we've said before on this podcast, America needs to get real. They need to get real about everything that's going on, especially right now. Otherwise, the union is going to burn down. It is going to burn down. And maybe, maybe that's what's needed. You know, when a wildfire comes through the forest, it burns everything down, clears everything out, and things have a chance to start anew. Maybe that's what we need. I don't know. But we're in a precarious situation right now. And uh, the fire is definitely burning. It's getting hotter. And I'm not sure where we're headed, but it, it is precarious. And uh, it, it just makes you sad and angry at the same time. So I'm going to leave it there, my friend. Yep. Um, yep. Any any final comments on your on your side of the fence? It's not about us. It's about them. Right. And, yeah. and again, we want to we want to we want to uh, add a caveat to this. It's only a faction 
of our white brothers and sisters right. who think like this. Right. Okay. It's not all of white America. It's a faction that believe conspiracies. They believe lies. They think that only they have a right to the good things that this country has. They, they're they the ones who think like everybody who doesn't look like them is taking something from them. I mean, uh, it's it's not all of white America. So we want to put that out there. Yeah, it is a faction. I would say the majority of white America is not with them. No. You know, because no. if you go back and look at the election, you know, you got 80 million people that voted right. for right. President Biden right. and 70 some million voted for the, the past right. occupant. Right. You know, so, you know, yeah. we we know and we have lots of people that we know that are white that don't go go along Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, I, I know and, a lot of my coworkers and people I work with is like they're not in this faction. Yeah. And and I'm sure they're just as disturbed about what is going on in this country, just like we are. We look at it through a different lens because we are minorities and, and we know that a lot of the, the vitriol that's going on in this country, it's it's targeted toward us, you know. But no, it, it's a faction of white America that's got this issue, man. And and we need, we need to stamp that out at some point. Otherwise we, we are, we're in bad shape. Yeah. We are going to be in bad shape. So, and they're passing it on to their kids, passing so it on to it's their gonna kids. It's going to take generations to get past it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to leave it there for tonight. We're a little bit past the top of the hour. Um, we could probably go on and on, but we, I think we've said what we wanted to say, uh, how we feel about it. And, and like I say, we say it like we see it. We're not going to stop. So that said, um, this will conclude this particular episode of the Across the Tracks podcast for January the 31st, 2021. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'm Wayne. And I'm Steve. And until we meet again, the next time we get together, it will be uh, February. Black History Month. Uh, we hope to have some uh, very exciting topics to discuss, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. And in the words of King T'Challa, Wakanda forever. Chiliamo dopo. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.